With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. The chief medical officer, Dr. John Lee, reports 556 COVID-19 test results today. There are six positives, assumed to be locally acquired cases. All six are asymptomatic and were picked up through the screening program. Contact tracing, we're told, is underway. Cayman now has 186 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in total, with 112 people having recovered. 16,628 people have been tested. The bulk of those tests are part of the island's screening program. With the COVID-19 suppression efforts since March hitting some industries hard, the Premier defends the work of the Needs Assessment Unit after some online criticism claiming the NAU wasn't helping enough. There were more than 10,000 people that NAU is helping by one means or another. So it's, it's, it's just simply unfair and inaccurate. Also this week, the Honorable Alden McLaughlin addressed government's decision to pay a special stipend to displaced workers in the tourism sector. Tourism has crashed. There is no, there is nothing happening in tourism save at, at moment, save for the restaurants and the bars um, who have only just been allowed to reopen for the bars, certainly, and the restaurants just for outdoor dining. That is the most challenged sector, and it is only right and proper that the government should focus on trying to, to assist people who not only have no work, but are unlikely to have any possibility of any work unless they're able to move over to another sector. The Premier says the Needs Assessment Unit is there to help people in need, but it is not the end-all and be-all of government's plans to help. He says they're working on a variety of initiatives to boost the local economy. At Tuesday's COVID-19 briefing, the Premier expressed optimism about the impact of the pension withdrawal program. He says some 20,000 people have applied and that money should soon be circulating in the local economy. The health minister, meantime, is asking the people of the Cayman Islands to bear with government just a little more as they try to defeat the coronavirus. The Honorable Dwayne Seymour says each day they are learning something new about this disease. When the COVID-19 started back in March of this year, for the first three weeks I got emails and messages about how proud people were to be Caymanian and how we were doing such a fantastic job. But now people are getting weary, and we understand it, but they're getting weary about what has worked. And in our estimations, um, we've not lost one Caymanian life, and that was our goal to COVID-19, thank God. We are asking for some patience and uh, just a little bit more. Minister Seymour says if Cayman had not responded the way it did, the islands would have been called out like other countries have. The World Health Organization has called out places like Tanzania for their lackluster response and not doing enough to stop the spread. We know it's different from what we're used to and the freedom we are accustomed to. And we want normalcy back, but very little in the world is normal right now, sadly so. And most are doing what we are doing. So even if we released everything normal locally, we still have the challenge of waiting to see what other countries are doing with their challenges in terms of opening back their borders. The health minister says Cayman may have to endure some restrictions for a little while longer as we wait for a vaccine. The deadline is fast approaching for people who'd like to cast their ballots in next year's general election. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more on that. The Elections Office reminds the public that the next deadline to register to vote is Wednesday, July 1st. Those who register by this date will be included in the Register of Electors and be able to vote from October 1st, 2020 onwards. The current Register of Electors stands at 21,800. Individuals wanting to vote in the next general election scheduled to take place on May 26th have until January 4th of next year to register to vote if you haven't done so already. 
The elections office is currently open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Wednesdays and Thursdays to facilitate voter registration, change of name address forms, and for the printing of voter IDs for those persons who are already registered to vote. To be eligible to vote, you must be Caymanian, be at least 18 years or older, must be a resident of the Cayman Islands, and must have resided in Cayman for no less than a total of 24 months in the last four years. Individuals who are unsure if they are currently registered are able to check their details on the elections.ky website. The registration deadline is also an opportunity for existing voters to do their part in maintaining the accuracy of the list of electors. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. We are seeing more of it all the time. Acts of kindness throughout the Cayman Islands. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens has more. The Sinclair Group has teamed up with community psychiatric nurse Dimpna Carton to provide supplies to some of Cayman's most vulnerable. And she brought to my attention that there are some people in the Cayman Islands, and particularly those elderly or with acute mental health issues, whose circumstances are so stretched and challenging that they don't even own a radio. And the idea that there were those who could not even receive critical information at this time and with hurricane season here was very shocking. Nurse Carton needed a corporate sponsor and for managing director of the Sinclair Group, Sarah Dobbin-Thompson, it was a no-brainer. And we thought, well, we'll get the ball rolling. And uh, BJ Electronics were very kind to be able to provide radios at cost. So we actually bought their entire stock that they had of battery-operated radios. And in fact, larger radios that were both battery-operated or solar-powered. And the larger radios also have a torch, a, a flashlight function. The Sinclair Group knew with the COVID crisis, more help would be needed. So we immediately doubled our sponsorship of the Meals on Wheels. And then more recently, what ARC had been doing. And we wanted to do something to help because we're one of the lucky ones. And we don't take that for granted. And we just felt it was part of our corporate social responsibility. Nurse Carton is coordinating with the Department of Children and Family Services to ensure these radios are going to the right homes. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. You can contact Dimpna Carton at dympna.carton, C-A-R-T-E-N, at hsa.ky, or call 244-2650 if you'd like to help or get involved. The Breast Cancer Foundation in the Cayman Islands recently donated its second Paxman cold cap machine to the Health Services Authority Chemotherapy Unit at the Cayman Islands Hospital since donating its first in June last year. As Radio Cayman's Paula Cal reports, the foundation started the journey over four years ago when they purchased a biometric freezer and manual cold caps for the unit. These cold caps did work well but were bulky and, as they had to be changed every 20 minutes, they were very time-consuming for both the chemo and foundation staff who went along to help. However, the foundation staff were always happy to do it because it has meant that anyone able to use the caps were benefited from keeping their hair during chemo. The scalp cooling system has replaced the old cold cap therapy, providing a better experience for the chemo patients who no longer have to endure the cap being removed and replaced every 25 minutes as with the former cold cap therapy. It reduces the level of discomfort, thus improving the overall patient experience. Cold caps were FDA approved in the USA in 2017, having been used in the UK and Europe for decades. 
In 2017, the foundation decided they would look into purchasing an electric Paxman cold cap machine. They are easier to use and no changing of the cap is required during the time it was being used by the patient as it maintains its temperature throughout. They achieved this goal by 2018. The manual caps remained in the chemo unit just in case they were needed as a backup. The Breast Cancer Foundation then decided to purchase a second machine so that the manual caps, which were taking up very valuable space in the chemo unit, could be retired. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paul Akal. Now let's check in with Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin with a look at local sports. Cask Karate have begun their youth, adult karate, and Tai Chi global Zoom classes worldwide. Sheehan Greg Reed, head teacher at Cask Karate, tells Radio Cayman Sports, Cayman students, along with many foreign athletes, are training on the same platform for the very first time. When we had the lockdown here at Cayman, I waited about two weeks and then I figured, well, we'd have to do something. So I was a little bit hesitant at first because of the technology and all that and teaching karate that way. But we started it up and it's worked out quite excellent because I have schools in Canada and I have a school in Spain as well. What has really worked out well is that we have our Kamanian students who are now meeting students from other countries and not even traveling there. And they're all training on the same platform together. So what I've done is we have 11 classes a week. Three of them are Tai Chi, but the remaining classes are all karate. So I offer five kids Zoom classes a week and they're about an hour long. And then I offer three adult karate classes, but one of those classes is more of a competition style, uh, WKF World Karate Federation type of class for people who want to be competitive. So on that night, a lot of the people who want to be competitive show up and practice with us. And it's worked out very, very well. I'm very surprised and very pleased. I think it's wonderful that the students are getting an opportunity to collaborate with other fighters across the world. How excited are they about that? <laughs> Very excited, you know, even down from the kids, because in the kids program, we have a lot of kids from Canada who are joining in. And, and I even have Jamaica's involved as well. And, you know, in the junior program, they tell me all the time. I can't believe I'm training with other kids from other countries. I think the trick here is to what I do with the children and with the adults as well is everybody has to be in full karate uniform. You know, so it's not like they're home. They have to convert their home, whatever little space they have, into an actual dojo. And they have to treat it like a dojo with right. respect and discipline. And that's been an amazing. It required a few weeks of work to get everyone in the right direction. But now the class are flowing just wonderful. Sensi Greg, tell me, what does each session entail with the athletes? Well, we have built in a physical fitness module. So that includes aerobic activity, specifically for sport karate. And we also have a flexibility module, coordination. and So those modules are built into the first I would say first 20 minutes of the class. Then what is following is a lot of our basic karate practice, a lot of kata form practice. And we have just started a bit of the committee, the fighting practice, but obviously, you know, it's non-contact. So a lot of it is like shadow sparring, like you do in boxing. But we're building that module in now. But we started up with a cutter, which is a more complex module, a form module. And that's worked out really well. And to be honest with you, we've had one of our local students. He was a white belt. And we were able to do a graduation online. And uh, nice. he was so good on the floor, he actually skipped the yellow belt and went to orange belt. Wow. You can do that? Yeah. Yep. It, oh, yes, you can do that. Yeah. You can challenge your grading, right? It's not done very often. I've done it several times. But this particular commanding student here we have is excellent. 
and he shows discipline, and he, he's a very, very good student. And he, he, he attends every single class, and he even attends Tai Chi as well. So he's probably doing 11 classes a week. All right, and I know after this you mentioned that you wanted to do one global Zoom class a week to all the senior yes. students. How's that going to work out? Well, that's going to work out really well. Right now, one of the biggest challenges, but the people in Europe don't complain about it, is that they're time different. So once this is over... My plan is on a weekend to set up a class where the European, the Canadian students, the Caribbean students can all have a decent hour where they can train over the weekends. Right. And that class is going to be more on continuing education. So it will be the, basically not just our style of karate because we are promoting the major style of Japanese karate so that are recognized by the World Karate Federation for the Olympics and the Pan Americans, right? So, no, it's worked out really well. And I, I've already mentioned it to the association in Canada and they're all for it. And uh, I think it's going to be very, very good. I'm very excited about it, you know, and uh, a lot of the black belts here and in Canada are very excited as well, too. And their hope was that we would continue this type of class. Okay. Sensi, could you explain to us what that moment was like for you on March 22nd when you got that call or you listened into the news and government has shut everything down? Yeah. And what the first couple of weeks were like for you in getting things prepared to continue your programs? Yeah. I was very, very shocked. I mean, I knew what was going on, right? But in my mind, because I've trained karate for so long, I never thought this would happen. Never in my lifetime. I was really shocked. So it took me, like I say, it took me a little while to kind of process the whole thing. Because all of a sudden, all my great kids who are coming in, and I mean, I love teaching children. Coming into the school six days a week, I didn't get to see them, right? And these are like my family, right? So, you know, I, I take great pride when parents bring their kids to me and put them under my wing because I'm mentoring them and I'm working with them. And I want them to be leaders, not followers, right? So, yeah, it was a big shock, you know. But, you know, uh, like everything in life, we've adjusted to it. And we are hopeful of the future and positive that things will work out well for us here in Cayman. And that's all we can do and put our trust in God, obviously, and keep our prayers in line and just keep working in that direction. I feel very positive that in the next month or hopefully so, we'll be back in the school as well. Sheehan Greg-Reed, head teacher at Cask Karate, located at King Sports Center. That's it for sports for this evening. Back to you, April. Thank you, Dion. Local singer and musician James Geary is set to use his talent to help warm hearts amid the COVID-19 pandemic this Friday as the Department of Tourism hosts live events for the Cayman community on the Visit Cayman Islands Facebook page. Speaking to Radio Cayman, Mr. Geary says it's about giving hope during these difficult times. I'm just really thrilled to be able to bring forth something that can help people relax and and be entertained and be happy and focused on family and and focus on all the things that will, will help us make it through these difficult times. Since Cayman closed its borders, the Department of Tourism has been hosting a number of live events, including a virtual walk on a tranquil East End beach, the sights and sounds of the blowholes, and even a live yoga session. For more, you can check out the Visit Cayman Islands Facebook page. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.